Welcome to Jacked and Happy. Today we got Billy Bowie on the freaking podcast, and it's a great podcast. So he has 25 years in keynote experience and does events for major corporations like Coke and Chick-fil-A and all these really big companies. So it's really cool that he took the time to hop on and talk with little old Jacked and Happy over here. But the guy is, um, you, you just see, you hear it, his enthusiasm, his passion for his approach to life, how he can alter experiences and and change the vibration in the event space and I think it's um I think it's really cool skill to have and I think there's a lot to learn from him how to incorporate that into our daily lives so I hope you love the episode I love the conversation and as always stay jacked and happy welcome to jacked and happy I'm Elliot Schwartz whiskey lover bacon eater real estate investor and a big kid at heart I'm bringing you epic conversations with everyday people doing legendary things who are just as successful as they are happy. Let's freaking go. Like I I was just, we were just drifting before and I was just saying how like, I love the fact that, uh, you know, you, you have this amazing family of four kids. Is it all daughters? Three girls, one boy. Okay. They're okay. I I was going to say, okay. So three girls, one boy. And I see you out there playing sports with them and teaching them the the hard, you know, you like take that mask off and you know you you're like doing it the old school way of bringing them up tough and I just I really respect how you know they look so happy and and you know you and your wife are both building businesses as as entrepreneurs, you know, and you have this amazing energy about you that you go in and you you have events for people and you bring them together and you're creating culture and you're shifting, you know, their whole perspective within an organization. And that takes a lot, man. And I just wanted to, you know, how, how do you approach, you know, going into Disney or Coca-Cola and putting on this, you know, a major, um, a major event and, and, and revitalizing their, their culture and their employees. Like, how do you go about that? That seems like a huge, like a huge undertaking. Yeah, it's a. I believe every moment can start a movement, obviously good and bad, right? So yeah. I kind of uh, take that idea. Like, what kind of moments are we creating? If you're a moment maker, as you move along in life, what 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 do you want those moments to be said? Like today, there's a baseball playoff game, and I'm Instagram live talking about. Do I take this moment to pull my kid out of school and fly to another city for a game? Logistically, I can't do it this time, but I'm thinking about what is what is the story going to be afterwards, right? I mean, you and I have had some fun experiences together where there's just these stories, and you 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 trace back to that absolute moment of things, and and for me, you know, I grew up parents divorced when I was five, had a had a tough upbringing. Mom worked three jobs to get by, a turnkey kid, rode the bus to and fro, made myself breakfast and dinner, and you know, as as the old school would say, I walked up to school in the snow walked uphill both ways. Like it feels a little <laughs> bit like that, you know, but, but actually so appreciate my childhood and appreciate my mom and dad so much from, from a divorce situation. They were both so incredible at being there and being present, never tried to be overbearing, but also, you know, cheered me on in the stuff that I wanted to do, but also pushed me when things got hard. And that's one of the things I believe that we need more of in our culture. So I have three, I have four kids. I have a nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 11-year-old, two-year-old. So COVID got us. And I feel like I have triplets. And then we have this like, you know, trailer coming in. So uh, I love all of them. They're so incredibly different. And to watch them when they struggle, I like watching them when they're battling, you know, and learning how to not try to go rescue them as a helicopter parent and try to go fix it. Mm. Just like, okay. We ask this question a lot. It's a very simple one. We say, what's, what's the wise thing to do? Like what, what does wisdom say? And we don't say, what does mom and dad say? Like, what does wisdom say? 
okay, where do we get wisdom from? And what is wisdom? And what are we reading? What are we studying? What are we pondering? So anyway, that's a mixture of, you know, parenting and, and what I love to do. But just going back to the events for a second, is growing up and having that underdog mentality, there was these moments in my life. My first event was a, uh, a Janet Jackson concert, which Janet Jackson changed my life. It's probably a topic of a blog that I should write one day. You should. But I remember seeing her. <laughs> I remember seeing her dominate the stage. And I just fell in love with the way she, the, the lyrics and the pyrotechnics and the lighting and like, wow, that was a moment for me. And then I fast forward to watching Drake live and then seeing Kendrick Lamar and seeing U2 and Justin Timberlake. And I love going to concerts and watch the way people do things. And I sit mm. there with literally with chills all over my body with my arms crossed going, okay, what is this doing to me? Mm. Because I started an event company and I had to change the name of my company after a Justin Timberlake concert because my company was called Elevate Live Events because I yeah. love events. Yeah. But that yeah. moment, I was like, no, nah, that's not what that was. Like, I felt something. Like, because Justin took his in-ear monitor out during a song because somebody was yelling at him, like, we love you, Justin. He said, you know what? Hey, hold, hold on one second. Hold on, man. He took his in-ear monitor out. And he said, hey, I love you too. And they freaked out, right? He broke the fourth wall, like the imaginary wall. He broke it. And and uh, he said something that changed my life forever. He said, I don't want my music just to get in your ear. I want it to get in your blood. And I was like, I had the stank face for a second. I was like, yeah. Mm. So I changed my name of my company from Elevate Live Events to Elevate Experiences. And I was like, that's what, that's what they're paying us for is we're in the undergo business. So Disney and Delta and Coke and all these brands hire us to come in and say, how do we make people feel something? Not stage, lighting, sound, production, la, 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 la. Everybody does that. But when they leave, they're like, oh, I'm a better person. Like, I'm I will gladly pay full price for that offering because mm. it's awesome. But I want to, you know, want to feel something through it. So that's a bit of my passion on both of those topics. Dude, I feel like I'm a better person after just hearing you talk about that. That gets me so <laughs> excited. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Dude. That's crazy that that moment. Um, that's crazy that my that Justin Timberlake taking it out, connecting with the crowd, like, bam, light yeah. bulb. And you take that and you're using it in what you're doing with companies and getting them to have that moment internally. They have to, they have to have that moment themselves that they're so connected with the people they're serving and, and loving on that they take their micro, they, they take their earpiece out every single day and like, no, 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 I, I love you. I want this to get into your blood. I'm doing this out of passion and reason. And that is, that's freaking special, dude. And we build it, we build it into our run of show. Like I believe in logistics and planning and what happens when that's important when you're, when you're staging an event, but we call it flex execution. So there's flexibility and execution together. You know, I mean, your yeah. wife's an incredible entrepreneur and puts on amazing events, but you have the schedule, but then there's these things that happen. We are like, okay, we've, we're going to go off script a little bit and go off schedule. My, my favorite quick story to that is Jimmy Fallon was hosting a big event called the Golden, Golden Globe Awards about five years ago. And, you know, every celebrity in the world is in the room and Jimmy Fallon's coming out and, and hosting it. And he's doing the Jimmy Fallon. What's up guys? Good to see you. And you know, they have what's called a teleprompter, which is basically a big screen right next to the camera so you can read what's coming next and understand the guest and who you're introducing. And he comes out on stage. All right, guys, welcome to the Golden Globes. My name's Jimmy Fallon. Everybody cheers. And he goes, hey, guys, the teleprompter just went out. So uh, anybody got a joke? And I'm telling you, dude, it's one of my favorite moments in TV history because it was live. I have, chills my, I have chills in my legs right now because he didn't skirt over it. He didn't get fearful. He just called out exactly mm. what was happening. Mm. And you could feel the whole crowd just take a collective deep breath. Like, <sighs> and he said, give it up for the production guys that are moving in a new teleprompter right now. As a matter of fact, hey, Tom Brady, how are you doing? What's going on? I mean, he's calling everybody in the crowd and, you know, does the improv thing. I think there's more of that. 
that we can script. And I think people long for that, right? They want their name to be called. They want they want to mm. feel like they're a part of the show. So yes. Anyway, that that's my favorite story about that. There's lots of them where people kind of do the opposite of getting nervous and afraid and awkward, but just call it out, you know. That's special. That's that's cool. And um boy, it just takes being so grounded for something to come, some a big unexpected, you know, whatever it is, a riff, a problem, an opportunity that you don't see coming. It takes a lot of self-awareness and to be grounded and to really be confident in who you are to like own that moment. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. I mean, how do you prepare to you do and that? I can name? Like, how do you, how do you prepare? Yeah, to you do and that? I can name. I just think you got to be present. Mm. Like it's why I think meditation is so powerful as a leader. Like I'm a person of faith. So it ends up being meditation and prayer. And like, yes. how do I pause long enough and have this, this word that I, I'm going to sound a lot smarter than I actually am, but it's metacognition, which is thinking about your thinking. How do I think about my thinking enough to be fully present in the moment? And how do I, mm. uh, how do I, um, what was the, the basketball coach where there was a young lady singing the national anthem and she forgot the words oh, and the yeah. basketball coach, Mar Maurice Cheeks, I think it was yes. an old school moment. Oh, he leans yeah. over and he sings it. He's got yeah. the worst singing voice of all time, but he leaned in and he sang it. Everybody's so the whole stadium, that. I the think, whole stadium. Right? Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Remember that, so, but it's having that presence of mind. So I, I just uh, even even be on this podcast with you. I'm like, how do I add value? Like, mm. you and I both have a thousand other things going on. But even as somebody who's listening to this, like our listener right now, that you've got the AirPods in, you're walking the track, you're on the treadmill, mm. you're jacked and you're happy, and you're trying <laughs> to get more jacked and more happy. But like, how do I yeah. help that person be in the moment? Right? Like, mm -hmm. how do I not be so prescriptive that I'm I'm getting in my own way? That's good, man. Um, do you feel pressure? Do you ever feel pressure around, you know, altering someone's culture or putting on a big event? Does, does it does it come across as pressure to you, or are you so prepared and you so present and grounded that it doesn't feel like that? Because to me, I look at what you do and I'm like, holy shit, dude, that would scare me. But my wife does it, and she doesn't seem to feel the pressure, you know, on stage. She gets excited. What? How does it? How does it occur to you? when you're putting something on. So I did my, uh, my first Ted talk I did was called how to lead like a freestyle rapper. And I basically gave my three premises of how freestyle rap is how we should all lead. And the first one is to be more like curious George, like curious George was curious about the environment and what's right around the next corner. And mm. you know, the man in the yellow hat would come back and try to steer him back in, but he was always trying to discover. I think there's a process of discovery. Uh, I talked, Talk a bit uh, about the pendulum swing, about momentum. I think in events you've got to you've got to go with the momentum that's there. But how I get over fear is uh, John Maxwell, who's an incredible author and leader, has got uh, a book called The Twenty One Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. The first law is called the Law of the Lid, and the Law of the Lid is like the the organization's only going to go as high as the leader does. So what I'm the lid. So how do I, mm -hmm. as the host, the MC, the leader, the creator, the workshop facilitator, whatever I am in that moment, how am I not the lid? And he he shares this idea of when he speaks um, and actually watched him do this backstage. I was backstage hosting a John Maxwell event. I'm about to go out, hype the crowd and get him excited for this opening speaker. Who's going to open up for John. That guy's back there pouring over his notes. He's got papers. He's like studying. He's trying to figure everything out. And John Maxwell, you know, pops open the pipe and drape and just walks out in the crowd and just shaking hands, kissing babies, talking to people. And he's got like a 45 minute keynote and the other speaker standing there just pouring over his stuff. And John came back and the speaker's, who's starting for John is talking to John and says, how do you do that? Like, 
I'm back here pouring over my stuff. I want to make sure that I have everything ready. And John said the most profound thing when it comes to nerves. He says, he asked him a question. He said, hey, son. He was much older, so he could say that. Uh, He said, when you go out on that stage, is it more about you or is it more about them? And and that riveted me. I was like, yeah, I want to look good. I want to sound good. I want to know. But ultimately, the fear goes away when I'm like, how can I take that person whose husband is dying of cancer, make her day better? How can I take that guy who's stressed about how he's going to make his next, you know, I was going to get food on the table. How could I take that moment and create something where they go, damn, like I'm, I'm going to make it mental health, suicide. I, I, th- these are the things I think about when I'm about to do an event. I think about how could I cheer somebody up? Yeah. I don't smile and have fun when I'm on stage and create events. Cause it's cool it, and it is cool. And it's, but I think about how can I improve somebody's life where they can go out in their community and become a better human. That, that literally eliminates the nerves. I'm like, bet pass the mic let's go like why would i even worry about it you know that's brilliant and wonderfully said and i love you're such a servant leader you know servant servantile leader how do you say that is that right well you know it's interesting i think there's some bad press around servant leadership it's like one 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 camp would say you be a servant, be a servant. Other camp would say, be all about yourself, like build your own brand, do your own thing. And I think there's this collision in the middle of like, if you go to billybspeaks.com, it's all about me. Like there's my book there. It's me. You can book me. Like I understand, but I think we've got to eliminate this false. Uh, I've got to serve all the time. No, when your greatest mm. contribution and your gift and your talent shines, you serve the heck out of other people. Right? So uh, thank you for saying that. I, I recognize in that I really like to think about others and have that. But if I become great as a brand and I'm really good at what I do, which is why the Jacked and Happy podcast is on my rotation of what I listen to, because I enjoy the way you interview. Like, I think you're a servant, but you're really good at it. But you also you also will say like, hey, like I'm kind of new at this and figuring it out. Well, you're damn sure figuring it out because I kind of forget about you. Like, to be, be honest with you, that, but that's brilliant. Because at my events, I want them to forget about me. Like, mm. don't even remember me. I want you to remember how you felt. I want you to remember what it means for you. And then you walk away going, damn, who, wait, who was that? Who, who hosted that thing? Who did that? Where was that podcast? And then they, what, do what? Gladly pay full price because it's about how they felt versus how good you actually look. So I think there's a blend of like serving leadership and being about your own shit, you know? I love that. I love that owning your brand and really, I mean, you, we have, in today's day and age, you have to promote yourself and you have to have- yep a website and marketing and you have to take yourself seriously. And I'm learning all this starting my entrepreneurship journey. And there's no one who's going to be out there looking for me, promoting for, I have to do that. I have to own that. And it does feel a little out of my comfort zone. Cause yeah, you're like, Oh, be humble. Be, you know, like I've all these little things are, you know, playing sports. It's like, yeah, I want to be part of the team. want to be humble. Yeah. I'm a talent, but like who wants this arrogant, you know, but you like, it does take a blend of a lot of confidence and to go promote yourself, that's, you know, that can come across, that can feel arrogant if you're not careful or cocky or whatever, but it's really what's necessary to promote yourself and serve other people. So I love how you, I love how you position that and talked about that. And, um, and I just feel like that's a, that's a tough line for, for someone who's new at it. I think that can be a challenging line. It's tough. You know, it, it, when I bought my website, billybooey.com, and then even further, people can't 
really spell my last name and it's a little harder to pronounce. So I'd say, you know what? Screw it. Let's just make Billy B speaks. Like that's a, and that feels like, ooh, who who does he think he is? Billy B. <laughs> I don't care about his words. Billy B. Like even saying that, I'm like, that feels a little like weird to say. But ultimately, if you have something to say, mm. and your motives are pure, then say it. And totally. And if you're gonna say it, do it the most excellent you possibly can. I mean, you know, take take your game to the next level. And and, and I'm a competitor too, so don't get it twisted. Like I like to win. I love scoreboards and clocks. Like I want to know. You know, I'm on this fitness journey now. Like, how many pounds have I lost? How, how much? Thirty is my bench for the record. Let's freaking yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm thirty go. down right now. Yeah, man. I, I stepped on the scale at two sixty nine, and I was like, dude, my fighting weight is like two eighty nine when I play baseball or two ninety five. Like, I'm way, 190, wait, one ninety five or two ninety five? One ninety five. One ninety five. Yeah, one one eighty nine to one ninety five. Like, that's where I felt the best, and I'm like, yeah. I'm just nowhere near. So. Yeah, I like scoreboards and I like I like competition, but also also like people sort of forgetting my name and remembering the cause that they're about, you know, being the underdog. So we um, we connected on a, in a mastermind and we went on a helicopter ride to tour L.A. the day before we were on a helicopter ride the day before um, Kobe R.I.P. went down. And I know we both have a lot of respect for Kobe and we're both into sports and it was like. I know it hit me pretty hard. Like, holy crap, life is short. Like that could have been us, you know, because we were in the same yeah. city the day before it happened. And, uh, and from that, it sounds like you wrote a book called start from scratch. Is that kind of the, what, what motivated that book? How did yeah, that, it was, a, it was a lot of, go ahead. Yeah. It was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of the pandemic. I was in New York city check out this day in New York City. So the 13th of March, the day the pandemic was announced, this was two months after the Kobe Bryant, we were in Los Angeles together, helicopter ride, it was it was a blast. Um, I'm in New York City meeting with Gary Vaynerchuk, mm. the NFL, and Citizens Bank Mortgage. I had three meetings set up in New York City that day. So I'm like big time, I'm, I'm rolling into New York City, got my three piece on, I'm going to yeah. meet with people and whatnot. So. So Gary's chief people officer, which is who I was meeting with about some events for, for VaynerMedia, she's texting with me, hey, I'm sitting with Gary right now. Uh, we just got this pandemic announced. We're trying to figure out what to do with our staff. Two weeks to slow this curve. And and she came down. We had lunch like in a lo local cafe, conversations. We were at the revamp and reconnect later down the road because we just obviously don't know what's going on. Okay, get it. NFL, ton of huge events with them. A lot of those got paused. Citizens Bank Mortgage, a lot of stuff with them. That got paused. And I got home and yo, we lost 93% of our business in three days. So by the 17th of March, uh, by St. Patrick's day, my whole staff, I had to sit in the and say, Hey, look, we're in the events business and the toughest time to be in the events business. I mean, lots of businesses thrived in the pandemic, right? There's lots of people that have stories of like skyrocketing businesses. Yep. Uh, if you're in the live events industry in the middle of a pandemic, I mean, people just stopped getting together Yeah. And nobody knows what to do. So, uh, we had a well into the seven figure business that went well below the seven figures and I had to let everybody go and PPP and start from scratch. And so when I was writing start from scratch, it was basically me lay this desk that I'm at right now, laying, laying underneath the desk on my back, staring at the bottom of my desk with all my lights off, praying, asking, what do I do? I've got three, or four, three kids. Yeah. Three kids. And I, I got support family how do i do this you know so i started just mm. journaling right from scratch and, and the 
and the story of Kobe Bryant came up during some of that writing of like, okay, like I'm not there. Can imagine being with his amazing daughter. And those are the last moments, right? When you know it's yep. going down, like, what are you thinking? What are you saying? So we're, I'm not there. So is it kind of a bit of a genesis from that? And I love the mama mentality and love Kobe and um, one of my favorite basketball players of all time, favorite athletes of all time. So his story kind of was a bit of like, okay, it's not that bad. And if Kobe was sitting right in front of me, how would I start from scratch? How would he start over? How would anybody start over? So I started just writing it down and started just journaling that and uh, became my second book. And uh, it's actually a digital version. Folks can, um, when they sign up for my newsletter, I send it to them just for free. Just kind of like, hey, how, if you could start over, like if you if you're don't like where you currently are, here's the things I did when I when I started over. So, yeah, that's that's the genesis of it. And it's been it's it's served me well because it's, uh, um, you know, when you played Super Nintendo as a kid uh you know and you had the the disc you had to like blow it yeah had to blow oh, into yeah. it and like put it in push it down and push the button and there's one there's one button that said power and then there's another button that said reset yep and there's my favorite button is that you know you're messing up a game you're screwing up i'll start we'll just start over Psh, reset it was so easy but in life when you get family and kids and mortgages and things it's like how do you how do you actually reset but not collapse so that's what the book's about dude i'm i'm definitely in that space right now like i love that i'm, yep. I'm so how do they get to access this book they sign up to your newsletter yeah newsletter so go to billybspeaks.com i can put in the the yep. note yep. section of this whatever with a link there it's um yep. you just basically give me your name and email we send out a, a email every week kind of things i'm learning as a leader and stuff that i got going on and things that videos things that'll serve people uh the first email they'll get a pdf of the book and then they just get emails after that if you want to unsubscribe after the first one that's fine but if uh, we call it the fresh take email, like I'm gonna give you a fresh take of what I think when it comes to leadership in life. Give, give me a fresh take of leadership in life right now. What do we got? What's <laughs> fresh so, take right now? Yeah. What's what? How do you how do you hone in? And I know this is a noisy world right now. There's a, a lot of noise on social media. There's a lot of fears going on at wars. There's a lot of there's a lot of things going on that's noisy. How do you hone in on in or just for the, the average person how do you, how do you be positive how do you create how do you stay away from all that talk and and get and stay into your zone and better yourself and um but still be aware as a as a man because you you want to protect your family and do the right things like it's it's um there's a lot going on for for guys leading households right now how do how do they what's what that's a that's a heavy question that's a, this is a loaded question. So, but how, do, how do you do it? I'll give you my most non loaded answer. <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot yeah. to that. Yeah. Uh, for just physical health, mm. it would be just focus on your calories, your steps and your protein. Like everything else doesn't matter. That's just a side note. And, and that, and that has helped me so much from a fitness side and I've let it carry to everything else. Like how much screen time do I actually have on Instagram? How much, attention do i give to cnn to fox news to msnbc to our mm. to our president to, to how much attention how much am i letting in my in my sphere and i and i frame it up with these these quick four four things that i talk about a lot and i actually have a keynote talk that i give and surprisingly the last three years have been amazing for the um keynote speaking business for me i i love going to share what i learn with people and writing a book tends to help it's kind of a good business card to get your foot in the door but um, I just call it the four focus method, the four focus method, and it's telescope, microscope, horse blinders, mm -hmm. and prescription glasses. And so I contrast these with like, here's the four ways to see stuff. 
a telescope lets you see far off, right? When you put your eye up to a telescope, it lets you see beyond what you see right in front of you. Most of us need to do that more. Like look up and see like, what's, what's five years? We can't make a five-year goal. It's hard to even do that. But what, what would I want to see? Like, do I have a vision board? Have I considered what I want to become five, 10 years from now? Like, mm-hmm. let's look at that. And then a microscope is what's right in front of me. What are the things I'm missing? Am I paying attention to my CRM? Did I actually follow through in that conversation that I said I was going to have? You and I connected on the DMs on Instagram. Like you said, hey, you should be on my podcast. And I made a note and said, hey, I would love to be on Jacked and Happy. Are you serious? Like, and what I do, I followed up and followed then up. we got connected, right? You yeah. know, so it's, we all know the, the fortunes and the follow-up, but I think we miss that detail uh, that's just really, really basic. And my, my parents and grandparents taught me that. It's like, that's where you've got to be is the microscope. The horse blinders for me, this is where social media and everything else is. You know, you go to the Kentucky Derby, they put the blinders on horses so they can actually clear out the distractions of the horses next to them and just see the finish line. Yeah. And so I've had to re- reclaim where do I need to put the blinders on and where do I need to take them off? Like, I think it's, a, it's illustration both, right? I'm not giving any more attention to Facebook, to Instagram. If you follow me there, you'll hear some of my ish that I talk. Uh, I, I, it's funny the number of posts that I make that I don't press send on. Oh, uh, there are a lot of things. <laughs> Your lips <laughs> know, to you God's ears, me. dude. <laughs> and you, you've seen some of the ones that I have posted. I, you know, I posted one the other day that was a bit like, "Hey, I, I want to say more, but it's probably not healthy for me to do so." So I, I, I have this um, on my phone. It's saved. I have all the Instagram posts that I've created that I didn't actually send. So if you're ever interested in that, that might be my inner circle one day. I might just like show yeah, all those that I would love to <laughs> my, friends group. My opinions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the, the blinders help me a lot. And then the prescription glasses, you know, I tell people that have, you know, that wear glasses or contacts, you know, I say, Hey, what if the doctor told you that, you know, they've run out of the current prescription that you have, like you can't wear that anymore. We're going to give you the one you had five years ago. Anybody that wears glasses or contacts would go like, I can't even see anymore. Well, that's, that's kind of what we do with our own lives. We're, we're still looking through the prescription we wore five years ago. So we've got to upgrade our prescription. Like how, how do we see things differently? Maybe there's a question we could ask. Maybe there's something we could stand on that might be a little bit different. We reserve the right to change. We feel like sometimes we had a really strong opinion on something three or four years ago, Mm. which, which I did. Like Mm. I had some really strong opinions three or four years ago that they've shifted and I feel guilty because they've shifted. Like I'm not a man of integrity. It's like, no, I have, I have my things that won't change my principles, but, but there's things in life that do. And when you, you can give yourself grace to say the people you need to go back to and say, Hey, I was an asshole. Like I, that thing that I said, I realized that like I was being really close minded and I wasn't open and I just need to tell you that. And I appreciate you like, Oh my gosh, that's so cool. You know? So I think reserving the right to upgrade your prescription. So when you ask that question, that's what came to mind is those four things. There's a lot to unpack on all four of those, but so good, when though. I can get the telescope, microscope blinders a prescription when i can figure out what lens i need to be looking through that helps me make decisions and just clear out the noise there's so much noise like we know this right i i unfollow people on all social media platforms pretty often and i've had people dm me saying hey i saw you just unfollowed me what's up i said like hey i really appreciate you but your content right now is not serving me where i currently am I'm for you and I care about you, but I'm, I, it's not where I'm headed right now. And it pisses some people off, but I'd rather do that for my own mental, emotional health. And, and I, and I tell them like, Hey, you might see me follow back. Like I just need some time to breathe a little bit. So I need to clear the weeds, 
you know, we know, we know in the springtime when you clear weeds, like the stuff can grow. Right. But I think we've gotten so many weeds and this conversation and this opinion where it's like, what, what is, what am I even trying to grow anymore? Like I forgot what it even is. So. That's so powerful. Oh my God. I, Dude, you are a, just a bucket of wisdom over here. I love this, man. You're a freaking smart guy. And I, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've definitely had to calm down my brash opinions on things. Um, you know, and I think we, there's a lot of people who I personally believe that we're being called to be distracted on purpose. And I think I know that I am, but I'm still falling into the trap of feeling hate and feeling all these emotions that aren't serving me, even though I know like that's what they want. They want me out of the game. They don't want me as my true powerful self, whoever they is. Right. But, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of emotional intelligence that's needed to stay in your true powerful self. And I love that you incorporate uh, meditation because meditation has helped me change. It's changed my life this last year. And, and I'm also a faith guy and I feel like I can hear, I like, I know I pray a lot, but when I'm meditating, it's almost like I can hear back from God or I, I'm listening yeah. for the wisdom that's coming through when I'm just silent and I'm blocking out all the noise and I'm really connected to just, just listening. And that's in, in today's world, I feel like that's so important to just clear space. I've, I've been trying to get my brother to meditate because he's a, he's a police officer He's got a lot of pressure on him and, you know, there's a lot of situations he has to control, you know, and manage. And, and I feel like his nervous system just needs to be reset and as a, do all of ours. But, um, how do you, how do you incorporate meditation? Is it a daily practice? Is there, or do you do it it's a couple a times? Practice. Okay. It's a daily practice. And, uh, the more strong, powerful men that I meet, mm -hmm the percentage of them that meditate is like a hundred percent. Yeah. And I would say ladies as well, successful women, you know, I don't, you know, talk to or come across as many, like have deep intimate conversations about meditation with ladies as I do with guys. But like everyone that I met, they, they either blog about it, talk about it. It's part of their practice. And so, you know, I look at, you know, Kings and gladiators and, you know, my favorite, favorite movies of all time, you know, Gladiator, Patriot, Braveheart, you know, all these movies that have these powerful stories. Yep. There's always a moment where they're, they're paused in the movie and they're, they're thinking about their thinking, right? And so um, you probably have heard of uh, Garrett White with Wake Up Warrior. Um, he's got this two-day medita meditation retreat, which is, uh, was powerful for me. It's, um, he's out of Dana Point, California. Okay. Uh, those of you listening might have seen some of his content online or whatever, but Dana White's powerful, gets in your face. But his number one premise that he teaches is like, we've got to have a two day, we've got to teach you what meditation is. And so when you, and you said this, it's not about what you say, because I think journaling is powerful and I think prayer is powerful. And I think like uh, getting out of you what's in you so you can really get that emotional intelligence and really like what is going on in me. Mm -hmm. But then for me, it's like physically opening my hands and literally just sitting there and breathing and focus on the breath like one inch in front of my nose and just being present with my own thoughts. Mm. It is incredible. And I think every, you know, like you said, policeman and woman, you know, firefighter, military folks, like those, those folks that are servant leaders that are out there getting after it and have so much stress and trauma, it would be incredible to not start this weird woo-woo, we got to go meditate thing. Like, I think, I think the culture's done a really bad job or a really good job of making meditation weird. 
Like I want to make meditation great again. Like <laughs> I want to make it something where it's like, yeah, make, make it just, just pausing and, and, and thinking about your neighbor and actually considering like, what could we do with that? We have a lady in our neighborhood who's, whose husband just passed away. And this is a conversation in our family. Like, what could we do? And instead of sharing a bunch of ideas, I said, and as our kids too, I said, let's just stop for a second. I want you just to think about it for a minute. I want you just to write it down. What is something, what's something we could do? And then I want you to read it out because I think group think happens when we don't meditate enough. We Everybody like, wants to like blurt out there, oh, I was thinking that too. I was thinking that too. It's like, no, write it down. And then I want you to read what you said. And it's a crazy the number of different ideas. This is a, a very simple brainstorming tactic that I think folks get into group think and they don't ever write it down. So everybody kind of says, oh, that's what I was thinking too. Instead of, no, I'm this is my thinking. Let me share this with you. And then taking that and doing something with it. So there's so many great things with meditation and I, and I probably need to more uh, just like you in a lot of ways when I'm exercising is a lot of my podcast time and music time. Yeah. Uh, but I've started to uh, a portion of my workout to say, I'm just going to not listen to anything and just be with myself as I'm doing this certain rep, this certain exercise, this one set, I'm just going to be present with my thinking and not focus on anything else. Cause I, I have a bit of ADHD as you can probably tell probably should, should have gotten something when I was younger. I'm glad my parents did it. Uh, so I'm all over the place, but that grounds me and brings me back to like who I actually am. Yeah, dude, that's so powerfully said. And I think everyone you meditate has, daily? Are you, yes, I do. Are you, are you, I do. Yeah. Tell me and about it. So I, uh, I use what's called hoppe. Have you ever heard of hoppe? It's like a Brazilian uh-huh. powder that you start to your nose. Cause I was having a really hard time meditating. And this is like, um, it's like a tobacco product that and you get your own little ceremonial like hype or whatever and it's like literally wasabi in your brain because i have adhd too in a way i feel like you know i'm very all over the place so that like snaps my brain into like holy shit there's wasabi in my brain you know and i'll just calm down and i do a guided meditation and it helps me focus on it and yeah i mean i i had a um a real bout with anxiety and so and dude, I don't miss workout days. I eat pretty healthy. I mean, I am a regimented guy and I was struggling with anxiety. Um, just took a lot on in life and I, I, my nervous system was not prepared to handle it. So I had to do something different and meditation was that for me. My wife has been practicing meditation for years and went to Joe Dispenza and week retreats. And, you know, she is um, a, a literal Jedi with meditation. And so I started my journey this year and, uh, it's all changed for me. It all changed for me. And my, I was able to reset my, my physical body anxiety, my mental health, tackle on bigger projects with, with ease. I mean, not ease, but easier. And, uh, as I just think there's a lot for, for men to take on in life and it can be overwhelming and it can be very overwhelming and without even knowing that you're overwhelmed. And there's a lot of things that are happening underneath your body that you can put aside and fight off and be the strong type and kind of keep, you know, hey, walk it off and keep moving forward. You know, as men, that's what we do as athletes, as competitors. But that can uh, that can become unhealthy. Even for the the greatest of athletes, that can become unhealthy. And that's uh, something that I learned through meditation. And I think the the that's that's powerful, man. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And the the male meditator has so much more potential for um, not listening to social media, not listening to the, what everybody else says that they 
a dude, have more more confidence, more focus. You know, I think it's such an underserved uh, group that seems like they have it all together and got to tough it out and grit it out versus like, hey, I don't have it all figured out. Like I, I need to I need to pause for a minute. And yeah. I, I tell people all the time is if you're reading a great book, if you're listening to a great podcast, if you're meditating every day, life will just be better. Mm. Like, so what are you reading? That what are you listening so to? Podcast? And are you meditating every day? Like, and, and I'm talking about three minutes. Just just pause and breathe. Don't fall asleep. Just pause and breathe. And just pa- and then write down what you're thinking. Great. Could be one sentence. Write down one line. Awesome. And now what do you what book are you reading? I'm talking about, you know, not the 75 hard version of 10 pages a day. Maybe that's too much, but like two pages a day. You know, I have a, a daily devotional that I read that just helps me. It's like reframes it. Boom. And I, I love um the Daily Stoic as well. It's another great uh daily piece that I read every single day that just helps me just think about my thinking. And then obviously podcast, you know, am I putting stuff in my brain that's gonna help me? I like listening to other controversial things. I enjoy hearing all political points of view. I actually quite enjoy hearing, uh, I learned this years ago, but instead of trying to defend my political bend, my political lean, mm. if, so, if I totally disagree with somebody on something, and I'm not going to tell you the things that I disagree with, I have my list, but if somebody's like vehemently says, this is the thing, I'll say, that is so interesting. Tell me more about that. And that one question is a game changer. Like if you're listening to this right now, this podcast, and you're wondering what's Billy's favorite question is, tell me more about that. That helps me with events. That helps me with my kids. That helps me with people I disagree with is instead of coming to, oh, okay, that's interesting. Not interesting. It's just, huh, tell me more about that. Mm. And then they're like, oh, oh, you're interested. Yeah, well, I am interested. Tell me. And being interested doesn't mean you have to agree. I think we need to cross the political lines more and just say, I want to learn. I, I authentically want to understand your perspective. This is a lot with, you know, Black Lives Matter and a lot with when the racial stuff was happening in our country. And I had friends of all different ethnicities and backgrounds. And I had a one friend of mine, you know, I was, um, I won't tell you the real story of what happened, but I had a pretty serious thing that I was about to take action on that probably would have put me behind bars for a long time because I was really pissed about something. Mm. And I had a, a friend of mine, a black friend of mine, uh, I told him I was going to do what I was going to do. And he's like, Hey, thank you. Can I tell you what I see? I said, yeah. And he began to unpack for me what he saw in me that I was discovering for the first time. And it was so healthy for me because I was like, gosh, I've never, I, I've never thought about it that way before. Thank you. And he basically saved my life in a lot of ways, Wow! but also made me more resolve in some areas to like improve the way I think about stuff. So it was, um, anyway, that, that's getting off on a bit of a tangent, but I think circles are better than rows when it comes to engagement, right? I think we need to get more circles and have conversation versus rows. going to places where there's just rows and we're hearing a dissemination of thing. Like, how do we get more circles? So I agree with that. And, uh, I think a lot yeah. of people would probably be surprised at how similar they think of about stuff. Yeah. You know, yep. I've had conversations where I was like dead set on, I was right. And I was like, wow, I walked away from that really changing my perspective. And and uh that's one thing i think is really important too is hearing information and being able to change your mind on what you thought your stance was and people seem to be very grounded on that like they are not changing their perspective and not willing to new information and that's the scary that's the scariest thing to me is like you're so dead set on your position that you are not open to changing your mind on new with new information that comes out that's not a good place to that's not a good look that's not a good place to be in that's not like that's not healthy you know and it's uh that's the scariest thing for me about the future is 
as I, I agree with what you're saying. I think there needs to be more circles. There needs to be with people um, having open minds and learning from each other. Uh, that would go a long way. And I think, yeah, I, think we're, having, I think we're getting back to that. Don't you? I feel like that's happening. yeah, hundred percent. I think there's, I think there's beauty in disagreeing as well. Mm -hmm. Like just, just giving people space to think differently. Yeah. Like I, I honor people that I think differently on. I, there, there's no hate that I spew. I, I, I share my perspective on things that I'm like, Hey, this is where I stand. Let's talk about it. I love to hear. And then when I hear and I still don't agree, it's like, I want you to know, I respect you as a person. I disagree with your stance or where you are, but I want to create space for you. There's all people that were around that it's their way or the highway. And there's not even any, there's not even any air left in the room for anybody else to breathe. You know, like that, I yeah. think we're seeing that now with wars across the world and th like there, there is space, there is space to be different. And I think what you said is great is when we're on this process of discovery, we're always taking in data, taking information. Goodness. Now with chat GPT, I mean, you oh can learn gosh. anything really, really quickly. AI has changed the game on that. And I think we realize how much we didn't actually know, but we're so prideful that we have to stick on the thing. This again, goes back to this prescription glasses. That thing I talked about 10 years ago, it's like, yeah, I was, I was kind of a jerk. Like, <laughs> you know, but that, but that, that swallows a lot of pride because that, that, that was your identity back then, you know? So I think it's, it's hard. It's even hard. I mean, I'll be honest. It's hard for me to, to change my mind on some things and I, I try like okay i want to be i want to be open here i do want to be open here like i'm pretty pretty solid on this thing but i but i do want to be open here you know yeah so at least i would say i've got it figured out so if yeah. you're listening if you're listening if you're listening they'll think oh billy's got it all figured out no 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 <laughs> i don't definitely don't okay here's a question would you put a chip inside your your brain if it meant you had unlimited processing power and could think of mm. Like, would you, would you insert a chat GPT into your, to your body given the opportunity? I think I would. Uh, so I, I bought the very first virtual reality system that came out seven years ago. I have four of those systems in my office. They're like dinosaurs now. It's crazy. Um, I, have, I remember when I, that I happened. play, I play that a lot, by the way. I love VR world. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Well, I remember putting the first VR headset on and going under the ocean and seeing a whale and like crying. I All four tear ducts were, were just full with tears. And I was like, this is going to change everything. And it is in a lot of ways, but then COVID, I don't want anything near my eyes and it slowed everything down. I don't think I would insert something into my head. I think I would exhaust every opportunity to get everything outside of me, but I don't think I would put anything in my body. But if I, I broke my leg, I would put a steel bar in my leg if it meant I could walk. So I, I think know, this might be something I change. So I, I might listen to this in six months from now. I'm like, I might change this. Well, if I, I think, <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think if I had like dementia or something and it could, it could start curing that, I think that's when I would look into it or if I was paralyzed or I couldn't move my leg and it could, you know, route the synapses connecting and all that stuff and change, you know, but I, I think I would not do that either, but it's interesting. I mean, what a crazy world. I mean, I, we're probably not far off from that. I think they're experimenting right now on people with chips and stuff like that. It's, it's just interesting. Well, I don't want to get into the big experiment. We just experienced as a world the last three years, but mm -hmm. uh, I think there was a lot of, um, how compliant will people be to rules and regulations and things? So I think it was it was a big experiment in a lot of ways for folks that uh, went with it and then realized some of the things about it weren't everything that they said was about it, and then some things that actually you know helped us in a lot of ways. So I think the big experiment 
that is taking place is gonna uh it's gonna be interesting the next thing that comes through how folks are gonna push yeah. back ask more questions yeah yeah and i'll leave that there <laughs> yeah but i but to that i think what we talked about today is like the things that are so important to to us and human connection is is human connection and serving each other and loving on each other and being there for each other and communicating with each other and uh yeah i just think that that's where all the power is that's where god is it's like god is the interactions and love between all of us together and i think that's uh that the more you can put that out there and it's like really have that in your heart. I feel like the, the more people are going to be drawn to you. Like I, you were dude, people are so drawn to you and you can tell it's just from a, it's like this glowing magnetic energy that of love that's coming out from you. And that's, I think, uh, I think that's where the, like the, the gold is in life. The riches in life is, is if you can emulate that and have that in your heart, man, the world will bend over backwards for you because it should. Because good people yep. win and love wins. Have you seen um? You ever heard of Harry Mack? No, Harry oh, Mack, bro. Maybe I have, but I I don't believe. Look I him have. up. Look him up. Those of you listening, go check out Harry Mack. I actually have his fat head here on my wall next to me. Um, I I take famous people that I look up to in different ways, and I make a fat head of them, and I put them on their wall, and they stare at me while I do a podcast. So, Harry Mack is right there. Um, he is a freestyle rapper out of California. And he walks around the streets and asks people for three words. And he takes them and puts them in the most eloquent, clear freestyle rap that you've literally ever heard in your life. He is the best freestyler that's ever lived. That's a big statement, but it's absolutely true. Cool. Um, but there's this, you said glow. He's got this joy mm. and this glow and this connection that is bonkers. And during the pandemic, he went on Omegle, which is a social media platform where you kind of like somebody pops on the screen and you're just talking to them. Yeah. He'd do this online. He'd video it. He'd blow their minds. Literally. I mean, I've, I've watched endless amounts of his videos where people are just like, can't understand what just happened. Yeah. He'll say, Hey, by the way, I'm going to make this into a YouTube video. Would you mind being on my YouTube? I'm like, yeah. And the dude went from a hundred thousand to 200,000. Now he's got several million subscribers on YouTube, but every single a uh, hundred thousand he would get to, he would do an hour live freestyle on his YouTube channel. So 200,000, two hours, 300,000, three hours. What? Up to a million. He did 10 hours straight, nonstop no. freestyle. What? That's and you insane. Mentioned, but you mentioned Joy. Like, he's just got this. He, mm -hmm. you know, he cusses a little bit, but that's not even the focus of what he does. He, yeah. the, the way he connects dots, he's got this one thing, and I'll, I'll finish with this part of the story. He's got this one gentleman who popped on Omegle who he did a freestyle for, and the guy was blown away. It was about Star Wars and... It was like he looked at like pictures on his wall and he's like freestyling about everything. And he finished and the guy was like, that was amazing. I really appreciate that. And, and Harry Mack was like, thanks, man. I really appreciate you. And the guy was like, yeah, I just lost my just lost my fiance uh, a few months ago to COVID. And, uh, and he's like, oh, man, I'm so sorry about that. Um, and the guy was like, hey, would you do a freestyle rap about about my fiance? And he asked a couple questions about her. What do you guys like to do together? Uh, she liked to go on car rides. She likes good views. Like, what what day did she pass away? A little bit. And dude, he does this freestyle. This guy's crying, laughing. There's this joy. I'm like, to take your talent and take somebody who lost their fiance a couple mm -hmm. months ago, and he's now like taking care of the kid because she had from her previous relationship. 
And the way he did that, it, there's this joy that like, it's why I talk about, I literally talk about it on every podcast I'm on. I'm like, go watch Harry Mack. Like I'm a huge endorser of him because he has that glow. And I think what you said is on point. When people have that glow, when you understand who you are, and then you're giving your gift freely. People are like, dude, what? It's like a puppy dog hearing a new sound. I was like, like, wait, what? What are you saying? Like, hold on. I don't, I hold on. I don't understand it. It's true. <clears throat> I want to be a part of it. I don't even know what to do with it. And like, 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 literally, that's what I think about. Like, how do I do that? That's, that's what I want to do. <laughs> Bro, it's like, I came to this realization. I forget when, but it's like the more we can unconditionally love ourselves, the more we will love love other people because we don't have our own insecurities and blocks of, of like what we're projecting on the stuff we don't like about ourselves and other people, which is what's happening mostly. The more we can do that, the more we can love other people, the more other people will love us in return. And it's just like, man, it really just like you said, it starts with really being loving your on yourself and knowing yourself and confident in yourself and accepting of yourself through all your faults. That is that I feel like that's the start of the journey. It's like mm. you have to love your freaking self first so freaking much that that you will love somebody else unconditionally. Have you seen uh the movie Songwriter with uh Ed Sheeran? <laughs> I don't think so. Man, you're bro, blown, bro. You, bro, you gotta go watch it. So all the listeners too, go go to Apple Music. It's a movie, it's Ed Sheeran, it's how he writes his music. So He's literally writing four songs at one time. He's got musicians in four different rooms. Yeah. And he pops into each one and like writes a song and plays a little riff. He's like, hey, do this. Like incredible songwriter. That's the title of the songwriter. And he's on the back of this tour bus, leaving a concert, just played for two and a half hours. Got his gu uh, guitar, not plugged in. He's got, like the way that much, baby, you should. And he's like, he's writing this song and he's like, he's like humming the melody and then he's writing the lyrics on his laptop and his, it's love yourself but it's the song he's writing and he so he wrote it justin bieber sang it but ed sheeran wrote it but the the, <laughs> the actual song that he wrote and his producer benny blanco was there in the back of the bus with him he said if you like the way you look that much so baby you should go and fuck yourself <laughs> is what is what the lyrics were and 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 then uh, Benny Blanco goes, no, 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 no. That's 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 too much. That's too much. And then he sang it again with "Love Yourself." He said, "Oh yeah, that's the classic. Like it'll turn into a classic quickly." So it's interesting. Even when you said that, that song popped in my head of, like, how do we how do we do that? But not be full of ourselves, right? And right. love ourselves, not be full of ourselves. That's what draws people for sure. Yes. <laughs> that's funny. Go funny. watch it. Dude, it's funny. it's funny. funny to watch. It's, but but he sings it with such conviction because that was what it was. He was singing the song. If you like the way, like he's boom, he's going for yeah. it. And, but it's, it's powerful. Again, circles. He had his buddy next to him. His his producer was like, oh no no no. And then it became a classic, right? So yeah, from a negative to a positive. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's awesome, dude. Definitely made it to the radio that way. Well, dude, I could probably talk to you for another hour and a half. You're so easy to talk to. And um, I'm super grateful you've given me an hour of your time. And uh, yeah, I, I want to have you back on. I think this was one of my favorite conversations ever. I love the way you think about things. I love the way you process information. I love how you are out to serve other people. And um, I feel like my energy was lifted just through this conversation. So I can't wait for everyone else on the other side who's listening to my podcast to get that bump in endorphins and energy and uh motivation that they're, that you're going to no doubt give them through uh, just sharing yourself and giving yourself completely, man. I really honor you for that. Thank you. 